This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. Today we're talking with a man who, along with his band that he founded, was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1992, and whose band was named by Rolling Stone magazine as one of the greatest artists of all times. Please welcome Jim McCarty of the Yardbirds. How are you? I'm good today. Thank you, John. That's awesome. Well, you are over in France right now, right? Or is that where you're living yes, now? I'm, I live in France. I, I was in England for a while, and um, I've lived here for the last sort of 20 or so years. Not a bad place to be. That's for yeah, sure. I'm, I'm, down south, I'm down south, but today the weather's not so bright. Very unusual. Well, I'll tell you, I have to say that I am thrilled to talk to you and even more thrilled to see you when you're here in Annapolis at Ramshead on stage on March 16th. And I did just peek at the website and there are still a few tickets left. And when I say a few, I'm thinking like less than 20 or so. So for anybody that's looking for an amazing Saturday night with the Yardbirds that you will not soon forget, you want to go to ramsheadonstage.com and snag up those last few tickets. This is exciting because have you guys ever played in Annapolis before? Yes, we, we actually we did play the Ramshead um, a couple of years ago. We used to play quite regularly, and then we didn't play for a while there. And then a couple of years ago we played, and I, I love it. It's such a nice club. Well, it is. It's a nice little small room and everything else. But what can we expect from the Yardbirds as we come into March 16th? Actually, that's St. Patrick's Day weekend. I'm looking at the calendar now. Oh, yes, it would be. Um, well, I, I guess you never know what to expect. <laughs> but um, but, but the, the, the band is, is really hot, hot. You know, they're very great, great musicians. And I'm very happy to be playing with these guys. Um, they're all American, actually, so... I'm the only, um, <laughs> you know, English survivor. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and we can all be thankful for that. Yes, I, I, I still, I still enjoy it. You know, I, I love playing rep- repertoire, and I'll, I'll keep going as long as I can. I mean, I noticed that Ringo was older than me, so he's doing very well. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know whether he's. 20 gigs or, or what so I, I don't think he's playing that many but he's doing very well true well i'll tell you it does say a whole lot about an artist and a band that can span that long of time and you guys are still cranking out albums i mean uh and touring and everything else which is fantastic obviously a little bit different lineup i mean you started i mean you had jeff beck and eric clapton and jenny page all float through there through the years and you are the Last man standing, if you will, right? Yes, I, I'm the only one that was in the band from the beginning. <laughs> I think the only the only yardbird that did it. I was looking that you guys have a and my count may be wrong, but at six studio and twelve live albums, and I thought that was kind of interesting because you guys are a live band. I mean, you're are you much better live? Do you think than studio? Uh, yes, we were all, we were always very good live. A, a studio, you know. The studio needs that little bit extra. I, I thought what we captured uh, a great sound on that Roger the Engineer album, you know, with Jeff Beck. Um, that's probably the best studio album. But you know, live, live, it is good because you never know quite what's going to happen, and we we improvise and play off each other, and um, it, it, it it can be quite different. You know, it's funny. I was chatting with Rod Argent yesterday. Actually, we were talking about how today's kids 
are sort of rediscovering older tunes and really, really getting into them. And my girlfriend's daughter, who's 24, 25, oh. knows more about Fleetwood Mac than anybody I know. Do you, do, yeah. do you see that with the Yardbirds with that, you know, your, your audience is getting, the, I don't want to say it's getting, I, I mean, I can't imagine you have a bunch of 18 year old screaming women there, <laughs> but are you finding that it is, you know, skewing a little bit younger and as younger, younger people are starting to well, discover I, the old music? I think that seems to be the way. Um, last year, we, we we just played on the Flower Power Cruise, which we, we're doing again this year. Um, and of course, that's naturally, you know, naturally they're, they're older people. Um, but the year before, we did play a couple of festivals. There were quite a lot of young people and they seemed to know all the songs. <laughs> it was very nice. I think what they do, um, you know, they come through probably Led Zeppelin and maybe Aerosmith. You know, that, that they were the bands that that, that that you know bridged the sixties uh, and the uh, and the heavy metal. And um, so they they come from Zeppelin to us. They go back in their history, and it, it, it's lovely to see them throughout your career. I mean, with the Yardbirds and then beyond. I, I mean, you've really had a front seat to the whole evolution of rock and roll. You're obviously still in in the business and anything else, but are there any current artists or bands that you feel are really sort of, um, you know, carrying that innovative spirit that really defined the Yardbirds? <laughs> yes, uh, there probably are. I'd have to, I'd have to think about it. Uh, um, I, I think some of the, the older bands still, they keep going, don't they? Uh, um but in terms of young bands, I don't, I don't know any, to be honest. Did, did Rod Argent know any? <laughs> right. The Yardbirds were kind of known for the experimental approach to music. I mean, there was uh, you were doing really groundbreaking things, you know, way back in the day. Was there ever any idea that the band really toyed with, but never realized that never fully came to fruition? Um. Yeah, I think I think the problem with us was we, we in those days we were always looking for a hit single, um, and if you didn't have a hit single, you just got forgotten about. So, you know, we did we, we, we had a a lot of quite good hit singles, and then we started to to struggle trying to find another song, and and we went down the wrong route, and then we recorded some terrible songs. Uh, and it sort of was the, the end of the band in a way. Um, and a, a, apart from that, you know, you, you you were playing on the road the whole time, so uh, you, you didn't make a lot of money on album sales. It was all singles, and um, so so naturally it, it, we got worn out. <laughs> and uh, I, I think if we'd have kept together somehow or other, and, and I mean nobody can predict what's going to happen, can they? But it. Uh, you know, if, we, if we'd have kept the band going another year or two, we might have kept going a bit longer, done some done some more good stuff, you know, who knows? True. You know, sort of related to that, I was reading in an old interview where you'd said that uh, Clapton had left partially because you guys had switched from the blues and, you know, were, were in search for that next hit record, and which is understandable yeah. because you need to change and everything else. But, you know, as you started as a blues band, and obviously, that's where your roots are. Do you miss performing that as a blues band? Uh, well, well, we still do a lot of bluesy stuff. You know, we still do Smoke That Lightning, and we still, you know, we still play uh, 
drinking muddy water, you know, really, really good old blues classics. So um, no, I suppose not. The thing about the blues was when we played it, 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 it became very predictable because it was like a 12-bar format. And um, we didn't want to sound boring. <laughs> that was the worst thing we wanted to do. You know, we wanted to be exciting and and uh, and really, really grab audiences when we played. And I think we still want to do that now when we play. As you look back through your repertoire, I mean, is there a song or maybe a project in your past that you that you feel is really kind of underrated and didn't get the attention or recognition that you felt it deserved? I mean, I know there's so many artists that say, you know, this song should have been the one. Yeah, I, I, you know, we did Shapes of Things, which I thought was a great record. Um, but that generally gets quite quite highly rated by people. Um, um, but we, we got back together, it, it, you know, I, I got back together with Chris Treyer, um in about in the 1990s and we did we did a good album called birdland and we had a lot of people playing on it had people like steve Vai and flash playing on different tracks joe satriani and um it was a bit disappointing because i thought it was a great album um but it never really saw the light of day you know it it, 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 it was okay with all the yardbirds fans but we we didn't get it over to the young audience like we were trying to do. Fair. Well, you know, you've had such a storied career over the last, and it's, it's got to be freaky for you to sit there and hear somebody say, well, been performing for the last six decades. But you've brought music and joy to everybody for, you know, six close to 60 years now. What happened if your life had took a different turn way back then? What would you be doing today? <laughs> Well, I, I I used to work in the stock exchange when before I joined the group. When I left school, I was quite a mathematician, and I was going to be an actuary. You know, the people that work out life policies and life premiums, you know, insurance premiums and stuff. And um, everyone used to say to me, "Oh, the actuary, you know, that's the most well-paid job." So I I'd be well off. I know that, but uh, I don't know if I'd have, I'd have missed a, a big life. I tell you. Somehow I don't picture Jim McCarty in a in a suit and tie working on working in the in finance, but uh, that's just, that's great. <laughs> well, it sort of helped me, you know, as a drummer, you know, that had that mathematical uh, influence, and I was always quite good at doing accounting and all that. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I'll tell you, you know, as we start to wrap up our time here, there are still a few tickets at RamsHeadOnStage.com. And the Yardsbird show is coming into town on Saturday, March 16th. It is one show. It's a very short, abbreviated tour here in the United States. So catch them while you can. The show's at 8 p.m. The doors are at 7. And you also should check out their site at theyardbirds.com. You know, I will say that, Jim, that you've had some of the finest musicians that have come through the Yardbirds. I mean, you look at Clapton, certainly yourself, and Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck. This may not be the most fair question at all, but I'm going to ask it anyway. But... Who would you like to see the Yardbirds share a stage with? What would be like your dream double billing of any artist dead or alive? <laughs> okay. Probably Jimi Hendrix. Let's play with the Jimi Hendrix experience. Let's, let's, uh, let's do a gig with them. That would be great. You're probably one of the only artists that I've spoken to that can come up with that without having to 
hem and haw and everything else. So kudos to you on, on that one. One final question for you with, you know, with those six decades under your belt, when you step on that stage, is there one song that you never personally tire of playing? Maybe it has a special meaning or whether it's just the audience reaction or maybe it made you the most money. I don't know. <laughs> well, um, I, lo- I love shapes of things. Um, I thought that was a great song. Um, uh, and it was one that we, we we wrote it together, and we did it at a, a good time in a great studio, in the Chess Studios actually in Chicago. So I, I never tire of that one, and it, has a, it always has a great message with it, and it still it still lives on today. You know that message never never dates. So uh, I, I'm very excited about playing that one. Well, I will say that your messages and your music is timeless. It lives on. Um, which is obviously evidenced this many years later, one of my favorites. And again, I think this is going to be a fantastic show on Saturday the 16th here in Annapolis. Uh, Again, a few tickets remain, ramsheadonstage.com. Jim McCarty, I want to thank you so much for taking time of your afternoon to talk with us. And I can't wait to see the show on the 16th. And I wish you and everybody else a safe voyage over here across the pond. Thank you, John. It was a great pleasure being with you.
has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionannapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.